Here's how the Auburn Tigers can defeat the Ole Miss Rebels on Saturday. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. This episode of Locked On Auburn is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Auburn and Ole Miss. All you got to do is subscribe to Sling. The TV you love for the price you love. Try it today. It's a Ferg Friday. Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate. We are joined by Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Auburn, more than a two-touchdown dog going into Oxford this weekend. I get it. I think the line is actually very fair. I think the line makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. If Auburn is going to pull this off, it's all about the offense, right? It's all about how they use Robbie Ashford and maybe they can get Tank and Jarquez in space. Is that the answer here? Honestly, I think the way Auburn wins is their defense plays super well and, and okay. keeps it a low score and kind of ugly game. Uh, it's a bit interesting this week um, in his in his press conferences and you know the SEC teleconference, Lane Kiffin's talked about the fact that how his offense has not been great against Auburn the two times he's faced him at them at Ole Miss. It's true. Um, that's something they got to really focus on. Yeah, it's like last season Auburn won that game against uh, Ole Miss. Really, the last time Auburn looked impressive uh, on yeah. both sides of the ball was against an Ole Miss team uh, where they got turnovers on downs. They got you know regular turnovers. Got three and outs. Defense played really well in that game, and you know and held on for that win. Yeah. It's going to have to kind of be like that again. And then also knowing that, like, you don't have the crowd behind you. You don't have your full complement up front. Um, but the problem is, is that Ole Miss is a, is a much better team than they were last year. And Ole Miss was a very good team that, you know, made it to the Sugar Bowl last season. This is a better team. It's a better defense, better offensive line. And I think there are offensive pieces that you've just come to know and expect from a Lane Kiffin team, even after the transfer portal, you know, and the turnover they usually have. They're just really stinking good. Uh, but yeah, like the Auburn's best bet in this game is get some turnovers, make it sloppy, make it low scoring, uh, make it an ugly 11 o'clock game, and then just see if what you can get from your offense is enough. Because uh, right now it's not looking great that they're going to get up very many points on on quality opponents. Yeah, right, right. And the whole thing is like, can Auburn score 20 plus points against anybody that's left on their schedule? And so far that hasn't really happened. We'll see if they're maybe able to Western do Kentucky. It. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe it's at home. You should be able to do that, but sticking with the defense and making it sloppy and making it ugly. Who are guys that have to do that? Derek Hall, Colby Wooden, mm-hmm. you, you talking pretty much yep. just the defensive front here. Mostly. Uh, I would think also you need really good game from your linebackers because Quinchon Jenkins and Zach Evans are going to really test you. Ole Miss gets yeah. very creative in how they use their running backs. That's a really good one, two punch. Those guys can hit the second level pretty well and make you pay. Um, yeah, but this is it's that defensive front because Ole Miss's offensive line's a lot better. They've only given up two stacks this season. Um, they are a whole lot better at run blocking than they were a season ago. Uh, you know, but yeah, that defensive front. Let me go back to the Georgia game last week. What kept Auburn in the game in the first half was Auburn's defensive line making an impact, um, getting after Stetson Bennett, not letting Georgia pop too many huge runs on them. Uh, and they were able to they were able to kind of impact the game. Now, damn broken in the second half because sure you're on the field a ton and and also just had some had some poor play on top of it. But um 
yeah, I think you're going to have to do that against a team like Ole Miss. And maybe it's a little bit more gettable because Ole Miss is not Georgia. However, I will say this. Auburn's won six straight against Ole Miss. And I said this on our podcast today or on Thursday. Um, Ole Miss is a yeah, – Auburn's won six straight against Ole Miss. And a lot of times you can say, okay, well, they've done that because even if Auburn's not firing on all cylinders – they're more talented, and they're usually more talented at the line of scrimmage. Year three under Lane Kiffin, they've done a good job of building up an offensive and defensive front, I think, to say, hey, we can compete. We can, like, Ole Miss has legitimate, like, SEC West title, like, uh, sh- uh, they, shot. Like, they, 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 really think they, yeah, yeah, they, they think should. they can win it. Yeah, and they should. And and they should because they are playing really, really well right now. Alabama looks particularly vulnerable, especially with Bryce Young. You know, not 100% at, at the very least. Um, they've just gotten better as a program, and they look more and more like a team that can truly contend at the line of scrimmage, where in years past, even if Auburn wasn't great, they've been able to beat teams like almost Arkansas is kind of the same way yeah, because they win on the line of scrimmage. That's not going to happen statistically or eye test speaking-wise uh, on the offensive line, but it could happen on the defensive line because Auburn's defensive line is like – a huge reason why this team is still being able to be competitive in some of these games. Yeah, and you mentioned the the two sacks given up by Ole Miss so far this season. To to me, that's more about the Ole Miss offense than it is about the talent of the offensive line play. I mean, Lane Kiffin's offense and the way Jackson Dart's running it right now, he's getting better at it every week. Mm-hmm. He just gets the ball out so quick. <clears throat> that's what Auburn fans have been asking. <clears throat> wow, getting choked up. That's what Auburn yeah. fans have been asking for with Robbie or TJ, whoever's at quarterback. Yeah. Just like there are ways to get guys open early in the in the snap where you can not have to worry about the pass rush as much. And if I'm Ole Miss, that's what I do. If I'm Ole Miss, I come out and I run it, and then I just throw quick passes all over the place and just yeah. put so much pressure on these linebackers, which that's been amazing how like – underwhelming the linebacking core has been this year. Right. If, if, if I'm Lane Kiff and I'm attacking those guys through RPOs, I'm attacking those guys through running the ball with Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins and just quick passes to the flats and to your wide receivers. I mean, that, I think you just do that over the course of 60 minutes. And like you said, last week against Georgia, I think over the course of 60 minutes, the dam will break. Yeah. And in the last two years when Auburn has been successful against Lane Kiffin's offense, they've done a great job of keeping the top on the defense and making Ole Miss kind of nickel and dime them. And, and, they, right. and that forces them into fourth down situations and forces them into th- tough third, third down spots. But, yeah, that offensive line for, for Ole Miss is pretty tough. Last season, I got the numbers right here, Ole Miss was 97th in the country in sacks allowed. Now they're second. <laughs> you know, they've, they, have, they have relied wow. a lot more on that quick game. And I think also just – Jackson darts a, a lot more of that that quick trigger uh, type of quarterback than maybe a guy like Matt Corral was, and Matt Corral was really good at that. Yeah. Uh, but they've gotten better at the line of scrimmage. They're they're a better running team now. Kentucky's really the only team that they've played that is a really good team that I would say. But you can only play who's on your schedule, and then at at some points they've looked really good. And it, and the other thing about Ole Miss is is that if it's sloppy early, and Auburn's in the game in the second half. They're fine with that. They just did this to Vanderbilt uh, a week ago. Um, you know, they played a closer than expected game with Tulsa. I think Troy hung around in the opener a lot longer than people thought they would. 
but they've just been able to overcome that time and time again. So they're not going to get uncomfortable yeah. if, if, if this thing's not going as people may have expected. All right, we're going to talk Auburn basketball. They had their pro day earlier this week. Justin was there. We'll get his thoughts on that. But first things first, is Auburn going to fire Brian Harson this weekend? We speculate in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. I play Underdog Fantasy every single weekend. It's a blast. Uh, I played it last night watching the Thursday night game. It's an absolute blast. And I actually logged onto the app this morning. And if you are, if your fantasy season is over, if you just have a bad, bad team, they have best ball resurrection. It's something that they're doing right now where you can have a fantasy team through the end of the season and you just draft today. So I actually plan on doing that before, um, before everything gets going this week. So be sure to check out our friends at Underdog Fantasy. The app is free, and all you have to do is use the promo code Locked On, one word, L O C K E D O N, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Deposit one hundred, get a hundred free. Get in on everything going on at Underdog Fantasy. Jay Ferg, before we speculate on if Brian Harson will get fired this weekend or at the end of the season, how can people check out everything going on at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. It's $60 a month or $60 a year. You get newsletters and podcasts. We have friends of the program this week, uh, which was a lively one with Painter and the and the guys. Uh, we previewed Ole Miss. We talked a lot about basketball in our Thursday podcast for subscribers. This week did stories on Auburn's first down woes and the, um, you know, the, 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 the negative plays. And just those have been killers, man. Like, yeah. I believe the stat is, if Auburn gets a negative play or, or an empty play on first down, they end up punting or kicking the ball like 74% of the time. This is in the, in the last few games. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, mailbag out today, huge one. A lot of stuff with Auburn football and Auburn basketball. So, AuburnObserver.com, sign up. And everything we do gets sent straight to your email inbox, newsletter-wise and podcast-wise, so you can read and listen on your own time. $6 a month or $60 a year. Worth every penny, and uh, you can also go to Home Field and, and buy the new Auburn Observer shirt over at they're, Home Field. They're they're getting to people now. Um, yeah, a lot cool. of a lot of folks have a lot of folks have gotten their hands on them uh, here in the last week, and that's really cool to see. That um, is cool. But yeah, that is yeah. Cool. And I'll, I'll say I'm biased uh, because I love Home Field, and yeah. it's got my logo on it. But number two, like I think the Navy Heather Home Field shirts are some of the most comfortable ones they make. The blend they use for that. So just throwing that out there. Oh yeah, we we've got a handful of my wife has stolen all of them because she she loves to wear them. So and, and I don't blame her at all. I don't blame her at all. So yeah, be sure to support the uh, the observer and home field with that too. Okay, so big speculation and a big debate amongst the Auburn fan base over the last few weeks. There's been talk of okay, Brian Harson, you fire him after Ole Miss going into the bye week, so you get the interim an extra week to kind of get things going. I, I think that thought process makes a ton of sense. The other side of it is you keep them for the remainder of the season and wait till after the Iron Bowl. You save a little bit of money, but like three hundred grand in the grand scheme when we're talking millions and millions. How much does that really impact things? I don't think it does. So, what are your thoughts? What do you think the likelihood is that this is Brian Harson's last game as head coach for Auburn? You know, I, I think it might be kind of one of those like 50-50 things, right? If they lose, um, I definitely could see Auburn playing out to the end of the season. It's different people in charge. It's a different situation. It's a different landscape, but that's also kind of been Auburn. Gus yeah. Malzahn, um, you know, they played out the season there with him, Gene Chizik, Tommy Tuberville. Um, 
So, I mean, it, uh, it without an AD in place right now, like a permanent AD in place right now, could kind of make sense to, to wait. However, um, if you're going to make a move, this is the time to do it. Like, this is going to be the, – this this will be the, the time to do it for Auburn um, just because you will have a week to get your interim set, get a lot of things in place. I do wonder, though, um, about kind of the future. If you do move on for Brian Harson, a lot of these guys are his dudes and are a lot of these guys are people that, you know, I'm not saying they would like refuse to coach or anything like that, but I, I do wonder how much would change or how much would be impacted if you do yeah. make a move. However, on top of that, last week in college football, every team that had an interim won. <laughs> so like, yeah, there's like, there's like this new kind of thing where like, yeah, you different can be, kind of schedule though. Right. Like, I, I was asked that when I was on the radio earlier this week. It's like, well, Nebraska's playing better. Georgia Tech's playing better. You know, Arizona State's playing better. And it's like, yeah. Colorado, the- Colorado won. Colorado won. Colorado looked like one of the worst teams I've ever seen. So sure. I, there might be a little bit, a bit, too, yeah, a little different for sure. But yeah, I, think I mean, they're not going on the road. It, go, go ahead, Justin. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Like, like, um, yeah, like. You do have an off week, and then you come back and play home against Arkansas. Maybe you get a lift off of that. You know, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Be all right. You know, these teams aren't playing the same schedules. The Nebraska's in the Big Ten West. Georgia mm-hmm. Tech's in the part of the ACC that's not as great. The the Coastal, I believe, that division's not great. Uh, and sure. the Pac-12 is the Pac-12. Um, so, yeah. No, no. I mean, you do have a point there for sure. Uh, but it, it was kind of funny because usually it's like when you may have an interim, it's like, well, we just need to play out the rest of the season. And then when everybody goes out and wins, you're like, Hmm. Interesting. Like it, it's definitely one of those things where you're like, ah, that's not what I expected. Uh, the other thing is just like, I, I do wonder, you know, a lot of this stuff happens behind closed doors and behind the scenes sure. and, and with people you don't really, you know, you don't, it doesn't play out publicly very often. Um, but like how much of an advantage does Auburn have if they are going to hire a new head coach at the end of the year of being, you know, in the mix right now. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to hire anybody. You would think until December, but how much of it is an advantage to get out and do it because, um, you know, there's already so many in the mix right now. But can't you already do that now? Wisconsin as well. Yeah, if Auburn wants to go hire, the two names I'm hearing the most of are Jeff Grimes and Hugh Freeze. They can already talk to those guys, maybe through back channels or whatever. But if all those rumors are true and those are the guys on the short list and the top of the list to be Auburn's next head coach, like, you got to think contact's already been made. It's uh, it's funny, though, because it's like, you know, there's a short list, quote unquote. It's like there's not even an AD in place, right? This is there's a lot of there's like, oh, this is probably what would happen if there was like. So, yeah, I mean, you got to take a lot of it with a grain of salt as well. But it'll be interesting. Um, And then I also think just the timing of this game is fun because Auburn fans, there's going to be a good chunk of Auburn fans who would love to see Lane Kiffin be your next head coach. That's just, yeah. you know, and it makes a lot of sense. So uh, that's that's what makes this whole weekend so interesting. And then coming back into it with the game itself, it's like, you know, I asked Brian Harson earlier this week, how much has his identity on offense changed? And he really said it hadn't. Um, <laughs> What's it's the just identity not, on offense? <laughs> well, they want to be balanced. They want to do, all you know, kind of the same, it's the same stuff they've been talking about all year. Just hadn't worked, as he said. How much changes in a game like this? Right, you know, it's like this could be the last stand, right, for 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 this coach staff. So, like, do they change that much? Do they just keep it rolling? I think the answer and the results gonna be very telling 
Um, so that's that's what makes this game even more interesting for a game that I think is, you know, two touchdown dog for a reason. Uh, Ole Miss is very good. Ole Miss is good. And, and you know, I, I think there's definitely some arguments against, like, are they as good as they actually are with the, you know, Kentucky probably should have beaten them, you know, two turnovers in the red zone type thing. But as a whole, I mean, Ole Miss is definitely the better team. I don't think there's any question about it. So we'll mm -hmm. see. We'll see. But so are you leaning more one way or the other versus after this weekend, assuming Auburn loses or waiting till the end of the season to get rid of no, Brian Harson? I'm not I, I wouldn't lean too much just because I could see I see the pros and cons of both sides and I could see Auburn doing either either side. So um, you know, I uh I don't like doing predictions because I'm very bad at them. Um <laughs> But on top of that, it's like it is Auburn, and I just like my job is to to call it like it like it happens, and so yeah, um, yeah, I, uh, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't make a prediction either way. I think I think there are I think there are pros and cons for doing doing either method if you are getting rid of them. Yeah, and, and I think you also can make the argument that what appears to be more likely. I mean, there's been several folks on the beat that have reported that he will be here for the entire season. We'll see. I mean, that can change in one meeting, though, right? Sure. If they get enough money or whatever, that can change in one meeting. But could change me, after a really bad game. One hundred percent. Yeah, if you right. get boat race fifty to nothing, I think that changes things too. But I, I don't think that's going to happen, by the way. But if it does, yeah, absolutely. But I, I think what's most likely right now, and what's most likely in my brain, and I could be wrong, is that he stays for the the entire season. But that may not be what's best. I, I think both of those things could be true at the same time. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know how much changes for Auburn if they do make an in-season move, and I also don't know kind of what the, you know, like what happens. What ha say Auburn loses to Ole Miss this weekend? What happens to this final five games of the year, especially when you've got two more home games, or sorry, three more home games? Um, what does that do with attendance? What does that do with fan excitement? Like, how much is that is that impacted? Um, if if you're looking at a if you're looking at a three and four Auburn team heading into into Arkansas in a couple weeks, does fan attendance change if Zach Gethridge is the interim head coach? I'm seeing a lot of people say like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not going to go to a game this year, but if they make a change, I'll go." I, I'm seeing I a lot of see, that. I could see if Auburn had an interim, I could see there being a little bit more juice and just being like, "Hey, let's finish it out. Let's let's support these guys that are, you know, I think, you know, I, I think there might be a little bit more juice behind it, but I'm not thinking it's going to be a massive difference." Yeah, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. All right, Jay Ferg, let's talk a little basketball in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Frisky Whiskey. And boy, you may need it this weekend if things go as the experts are predicting it. If, you are, uh, if you're an Auburn Opelika or Lee County, if you're in that area, just hop on I-85 towards Atlanta. And as soon as uh, you get close to that Georgia state line, you'll see billboards all over the place. And once you get into Frisky Whiskey, you will see a ton of selection, a ton of value. It's the place to be. If you're buying beer or alcohol of any kind, wine, whiskey, vodka, tequila, any of the mixers you may need as well, they've got you covered, and you'll be blown away by all the prices and the selection. Shout out to our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Justin Ferguson, Auburn Observer. You went to Auburn's Pro Day earlier this week. And you've been watching this team a ton mm -hmm. throughout the offseason, but you're, you're allowed to actually talk about this one, which is cool because it was open. Yep. What stood out to you when you watched these guys work out? Uh, Yoan Treor is really stinking good. And I think people saw that in the Israel tour. Um, 
but every time I watch him in sort of a competitive, like scrimmage, like uh, environment, he stands out, man. He's really good. He yeah. moves super well for six. They gave us this packet. The, the Auburn, uh, Auburn basketball gave us this packet that had a lot of info and a lot of testing um, results of like, Hey, for scouts, like this is kind of what these guys measure at some stuff you'd normally see on a pro day. Um, and number one, Alan Flanagan's numbers were crazy good. Um, you know, out, he was probably the best, I think, of, of every scholarship player uh, in those numbers. And number two, Yon Treor runs and, uh, uh, like, leaps and agility drills and all that and shuttles like a guard at six foot ten. Yeah, wow. like, when you watched him play on, on, on uh, you know, on Wednesday, they were posting him up a lot. He was finishing tough around the rim. You know, he was getting some matchups uh, that he liked and 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 finishing. Um, he's got a nice mid-range game. You know, I, I think there's a lot of it where it's like him and Janai Broom still learning the offense, still kind of getting in the flow of the defensive systems and all that. So it's not perfect all the time, obviously, for these newcomers. Sure. But what they bring to the table is really, really impressive, especially with Janai Broom. The other thing, the other big thing to stand out, is that Bruce Pearl talks about, hey, we've still got – I've got two guys that I think I know are starting. starting. Then I was about three, to ask you about that. Three position battles. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin on the battles. But um, I'll say this. Katie Johnson looked really good in, in, in the um, – and I thought Wendell looked good as well. He didn't shoot well, but I think all of his shots were good quality looks, took care of the ball, he assisted, he rebounded, played, played good defense. He looks like a leader out there. Katie Johnson had an efficient scoring game, uh, hit several threes, um, and he just – we talked about it a couple weeks ago. His explosiveness, it, it just looks different. He is lighter on his feet, and he is attacking the rim harder. He is uh, being more disruptive on defense because he's just moving better. I think he's moving better, yeah. and I think he feels more comfortable, uh, you know, where his body's at right now, and that that's going to be pretty fun to see because last season, even when he wasn't at his playing weight, at his best, man, he was so, so impactful for Auburn. Yeah. All right, so yeah, you mentioned the, the quote from Bruce. Sounds like two starters he's already feels pretty good about. Who do you think they are? Is Trey Orr one of them? No, I think it's I think right now it's Wendell Green Jr. and Katie Johnson. Um he talked about that Yoan Treor and Jalen Williams are still head to head, neck to neck, neck and neck in the power forward spot. Uh he said the same thing about uh Janai Baroom and Dylan Cardwell with Stretch Akinbola still uh still in the mix there at center. He also said small small forwards a tough spot right now because you know Alan Flanagan just got back to practice. He missed a couple of weeks uh, sure. for personal reasons. Great news there for Auburn. It's plenty of time for him to knock the rust off and, and get back going in time for the start of the season. That's great great news for them. Chance Westry is going to be out for the next couple like two to three weeks, so that puts a little bit of a, a spin on it. Chris Moore is getting more reps, and I think he's he's benefiting from that. You're getting some Leor Berman reps as well at small forward. So those are the three battles that are still. By Bruce's own admission, still kind of going on. Backcourt seems pretty locked in with Wendell. And I would say KD. Zeb Jasper didn't participate in Pro Day. He had a stomach bug. Um, I think I'm seeing you're seeing a little bit more KD, KD hearing a little bit more about KD. Both of those guys are going to be the reps for uh, media days next week uh, uh, in, in Birmingham for Auburn. Uh, so that seems to be kind of where it's leaning. And I think the front court. You can probably have your favorites and have like, well, this is probably how it's going to end up. But for right now, you're still you're still having to earn it uh, because there are some new faces and some injuries that just kind of, um, you know, make it less clear right now. Yeah. So, how do you think the back? <clears throat> excuse me. How do you think the backcourt rotation is going to look? Do you think Zepp can play both? 
as yep. a backup role? Do you think mm-hmm. they're all going to kind of move around, or do you think Trey Donaldson's going to be uh, a true backup at some point this year? I, I think Trey Donaldson could develop into a guy that plays some decent minutes. I think, you know, you also have to think with your one and your two, you have 80 minutes to fill, it, you know, and so right now it's like, can you split those 80 minutes between three guys, or can you split most of them between three guys and then get a little bit from a trade out, so maybe some chance Westry playing back there uh, when he's back to 100%. Um, maybe you get maybe you get a little bit of that. Um, that's probably the more likely scenario. It's interesting. Like, I see the value if they wanted to make KD a six-man where he just comes up in the second unit and just tears people up on offense and defense. I could see that. And then start with Zep Jasper. Start with that defense and ball, ball security. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I think – I think whoever doesn't start between KD and Zep, that guy's going to get starter quality minutes. It's going to be kind of like Wendell last season. Wendell didn't start, but Wendell was still one of the best point guards in the SEC in major college basketball by the end of the year because he was getting starter quality minutes. Um, so I think that's kind of be kind of out of your rotation. And I'll be interested to see how much Donaldson fits in. Donaldson looked like he shot the ball well uh, in the in the pro day scrimmage, um, and you know I think he's still learning and kind of picking up some things on offense and defense with the systems. And then, yeah, Chance Westry can play the two. Chance Westry can, yeah. you know, fill in in the one in some spots. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be a little different for him because he, he's going to miss this time with that with that knee scope. All right, let, let's – last thing on Pro Day, let's zoom out a little bit more. I know this has been a thing for a few years now, but at any point when you're at Auburn's Pro Day – and there's NBA scouts there. Do you stop and think about what is actually happening? Because yeah. it, it's still it's still crazy to me. It's it's crazy. Bruce was talking about how crazy it was when we talked to him on Wednesday afternoon. Honestly, to 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 be to be completely honest with y'all, like it's it's so normal to me at this point because okay. you just saw what Jabari Smith did and Walker Kessler did and JT Thor's in the league and Sharif Cooper's trying to st- stay in the league. And you've got, you know, guys are like, you go to an Auburn basketball game, they could be playing Central Connecticut State and like there are going to be NBA scouts there, right? It's, it's just like become so normal. Um, yeah. The pro day, maybe it's, maybe that's the thing that I think is like the most, the most uh, exciting or maybe the most um, telling part for Auburn basketball from this pro day is that this team, like, you know, Yoan Treor could be a one and done guy. You know, it could be a one and done. He's he's got that five star pedigree to him. You don't have any guys like last year was Jabari. It was like everybody knew Jabari was going to be a dude and, and a lottery sure. pick. Um, and this year you don't really have this kind of like whoa you like this guy's definitely first rounder this year. Boom, go out here and make sure you're there. But Auburn has built that reputation up that on a team that's got some dudes that may need a little more time or there are a lot of veterans you know, that, that usually NBA scouts don't drool all over. 28 of the 30 teams are there, you know? And they're, and pro days are happening everywhere right now. Yeah. Like, any big-name basketball team, this has kind of been around the week that they really do it. And mm-hmm. yet, Auburn, there were a ton of teams there for Auburn. Only two teams weren't there, the Raptors and the Suns. And I don't know why the Suns – I mean, Auburn gave them Charles Barkley. I don't know what I don't know what the deal is there. Raptors, different country. But, um, you know – but yeah, no, twenty-eight out of thirty. That's that's a really really good time for a team that does not have this like immediate can't miss. Oh, this is a lottery pick guy this year. Uh, in the last few years, they've kind of had those those guys, and maybe Treyor does that. Maybe Chance Westry, yeah. if he 
if he gets back from this injury, maybe Chance Westry is one of those like Isaac Okoro one and dones. But man, this is uh this is a what really about a Janai Broom taking a Walker Kessler type sure. step? Yeah. I, know, I, I know he's older, but I mean, mm-hmm. is there a chance there? Maybe late first or a second round guy? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. He could he could definitely do that. Um, you know, and, and I wouldn't rule out um, you know, I mean like those seniors, like like if Alan Flanagan gets back to full scale Alan Flanagan, that's a draftable dude in the NBA. His testing numbers are really impressive. He's just got to get that shot back and that offensive confidence back um, yeah. and, and put it out there on the floor. And, yeah, it's like Wendell Green Jr. and KD Johnson are going to be guys like I think like like Jared and Bryce where they projected for them, but they're going to get their shots. They're going to get their they're, they're going to get their shots in the, in the league for sure. And, and so you want to keep an eye on guys like that. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. One more time, tell people how they can check out everything you've got going on, man. Yeah, ArmedObserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year. You can uh, you know, get access to everything we've got going on. We email everything to you. Uh, it's the easiest way to keep up with what we've all, what all we put out. And there's something pretty much every day, sometimes multiple things a day, uh, like Thursday. So uh, check it out, ArmedObserver.com. Awesome, buddy. Thank you so much for your time, as always. Maybe this is the last show of the Brian Harson era. We'll see. We'll be back on Sunday morning to talk about everything that happened with Auburn versus Ole Miss. All right here on Locked on Auburn.